I want to thank everybody for joining us again today. I'm Coach Chelsea, and I'm down here in Tallahassee, Florida. I'm super excited about this one, um, and I got to be honest with you, I've been on the edge of my seat because he gave me a little sneak preview of what we're going to be talking about today. Today we have on Coach Chris Kreider from Georgia State University, men's basketball. He's assistant coach there. But the biggest thing that I love about that is we also share some other um, organizations that we are part of the type of man that he stands for, the values that he stands for. And I tell people all the time, it's not so much that you talk the talk, but you walk the walk. So there was no way we were going to do this and not have you on. So I'm not going to prolong the time, brother. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm excited. I thank you so much for your time because as I tell everybody every single day, time is the one thing in life you cannot give back when it's given out. So I thank you for being here in the midst of everything going on. I'm going to go ahead and pass the torch to you to introduce yourself and we'll get going, man. Thank you so much for being here. No, thank you, Chelsea. Uh, really appreciate this opportunity. And uh, just wanted to say thank you for all you do. You know, we've all, I know I've enjoyed listening to all the, you know, people you've had on these last couple months or eight months, however long it's been since you started this. And I know it's taken a lot of time on your part, but, you know, you and I met through Embrace Us. And I know you've had the whole crew, you know, Coach Huff, uh, the Burton brothers, um, Tom Parks, Black, you know, you had everybody. And uh, I just, I've really learned a lot from those guys. And, and hopefully tonight, you know, we can when share some things. And uh, I just think what you call your, you know, the servant leader, I think that's coaching. You know, if, if we're coaching for the right reasons, I think that's what it's all about. And, you know, so just trying to get ready for tonight, I try to be organized. That's the only way my mind can work. So uh, I thought of eight things that when I think of servant leadership or coaching, eight things kind of came to mind. And uh, so we'll take 15, 20 minutes to talk about that and then kind of keep it moving. But uh, so I was running the other day. I know Black talked about it. Corey Black talk, talked about it on your, uh, you know, here on this call a couple of weeks ago and getting in shape and really taking time, you know, to, to, to take care of our bodies. And, and I was trying to do that. I was out for a run and I went to cross the street, a two way street. And I just I don't know why I thought about it, but I went I almost just crossed. I had my AirPods in. I was listening and. I didn't look both ways. I looked one way, but I didn't look the other. And I was like, oh, oh, and I real quick, I took a look. And I don't know why I was mentally getting prepared for this. And I, I just thought that when it comes to this, our journey is the first thing I want to talk about. And in our journey, we have to look back and we have to look forward while we're in the middle of the present. So I, I think that analogy just kind of hit me where you have to look back because that's where you see God's fingertips all over our stories. And, you know, just for me, you know, my wife, Heather, uh, she's the only reason that I'm, I'm coaching, to be honest with you. She's really allowed me to do it. We have a, a daughter, Livia, who's in kindergarten. And, you know, so I am an assistant coach here at Georgia State, like you said. Uh, but I just wanted to start out. That's my team. And, and that's the only reason I'm doing what I'm doing, because she has supported me in doing this. And uh, so we're back home. She's from Atlanta. We're here at Georgia State with Coach Lanier and an awesome staff here at Georgia State. And so in my journey, my journey's a little unique. I want to kind of move fast through it. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. Um, but it's a, it's a little unique in that my parents are missionaries. So I grew up uh, in MK. They call it a missionary kid. And so they traveled a lot. They did a lot of training. Uh, they ended up you know, moving us to Columbia, South America. I spent five years in Columbia, uh, went to a boarding school there, um, and they had a calling. They felt God was leading them to the mission field, and so we spent five years in the, in Colombia. It was around the Pablo Escobar guerrilla, you know, some stuff going on in that era in Colombia, uh, but God, you know, took care of us, protected us, and brought us home after those five years, and uh, so growing up as a missionary kid, I value that. I value that perspective that I have on life and the world and, uh, you know, how God has put us all, you know, in this story. And uh, so that's kind of where my journey began, uh, my mom and dad and my sister. Uh, and so in Columbia, that's where I fell in love with basketball. Uh, I actually went back in the summer to summer camp. Uh, Scott Barton, my high school coach, is actually on the call here tonight, but he, his son, Nate Barton, is my best friend, and I consider him a brother, and he was like, hey, man, why don't you just come stay with me this summer and go to camp and go to my dad's camp, so 
we did that long story short i ended up while my parents uh, lived the missionary life i lived with coach barton and his family and so i i consider them a second family um, but from day one god uh, you know, I, I was saved when I was five years old. Uh, I was raised on the mission field, like I said. And so my faith, first and foremost, started at a young age. And so I played in college, finished up at Lebanon Valley College, a Division three school in Pennsylvania. Uh, by living with Coach Barton, I saw what the life of a coach was like. And I was like, yeah, this is kind of what I want to do. Went into coaching. One thing led to another. Uh, high school coach, uh, in Atlanta, actually volunteered in Montana at NAI school, uh, St. Francis High School, where Coach Huff actually uh, did his thing for a long time uh, back in the day. And uh, so it was a high school coach, coach, coach girls even for a year, um, volunteered at USC Aiken, volunteered at Georgia Tech and kind of bounced around. I, I don't really want to talk about that part of my journey much, but 19 years now going into my 19th year of coaching and what I've can look back and see is just how God opened every door. A couple unique stories, you know, volunteered at USC Aiken. The only reason I did is because I went, I was going to go to one peach belt game. I went to another peach belt game at the last second and guess who was coaching against the team that was playing North Georgia, USC Aiken. Vince Alexander was the head coach at USC Aiken. He recruited me to Mansfield university. And I said, coach, I'd like to get into college coaching. Let me know if you ever need a volunteer assistant. He's like, cool, let's do it. So if I wouldn't have went to that game, and the only reason I went to that game is God. And so that's just one little example. And uh, I just think, number one, our journey as a servant leader, that's you know a, a huge part of uh, what it's about. Number two, our purpose. Why do we coach? What is our why? You know, all those cliches that we say, but it, that's really the truth. I believe my purpose right now is using basketball to help make a difference and to do what you call this, Chelsea, to be a servant leader. That's our purpose. I think some people or sometimes we get into coaching for the wrong reasons. We have to know there's a wrong reason to coach, to be honest. It's not about the money. It's not about the fame. It's not about the 40 minutes on TV. It's about being able to impact lives at every level, high school, college, uh, AAU, whatever it might be. But our purpose should be about the big picture. And I think that's important. So we got to have perspective about that. God gave us all skills and gifts. Let's try to use those in our case as coaches uh, to be a light and to lead by example first. Uh, the third thing that came to my mind when talking, thinking about this was a routine as coaches, we're creatures of habit, but we got to have a routine. And I'll be honest, mine has been sporadic. My routine in the, in the morning, starting off with a quiet time, praying, reading, uh, listening to a podcast, music. We all worship different ways. We need to find out how we worship best and what uh, is best for us. But I learned this from my mom. You know, my mom had a routine in the morning. She gets up really early. Uh, and, and spends time reading and praying. And I, now looking back as a father, I can see how the things you do as parents, you never know what our kids are watching. And so my routine, you know, came a lot from watching my mom growing up. But in and out of season as coaches, we have no excuse. We have to have a routine because we help others so much. We got to spend time uh, in our routine, taking care of ourselves. The fourth thing that came to my mind was the struggle. So our struggle as coaches, because I heard this, so we attend Buckhead Church here in Atlanta, uh, and Andy Stanley said this the other day, the most significant thing that we may, uh, we may do may not be something we do, but someone we raise. The most significant thing that we may do may not be something that we do, but someone that we raise. And I just think that for us, for me as a coach and a father, the struggle for me is balance. You know, I wanna be a really good coach. Yeah, I want to get better at my craft. Yeah, but I want to balance all that. And I want to make sure that I'm the best husband and the best father that I can be. And I think if we're really trying to be a servant leader, this is the, this is the struggle because we have to, you know, have a routine like we talked about, but you have to do everything that it takes to be really good at this, but you got to have a balance. And for me, the, Olivia, our daughter, she's my balance and she uh, just... Being a parent, 
that, that's been a, something for me that has really helped balance me. Uh, the fifth thing that came to my mind was our test as a coach. We're constantly tested. And if, we're, if we haven't been tested yet, guess what? It's coming. And so for me, let's call it the moment of truth. So like you can prepare as a coach, we know scouting reports, all that. There's a time in the game where they run something. Oh, shoot. I knew that was coming. Well, in life, it's coming. And so who we need to figure out right now who we're trusting. And for me, I've made a conscious decision. I'm going to trust God through everything, good or bad. And if it's not in God, what I've found is that's when it gets a little hectic. That's when it gets a little chaotic. And he's going to help us make it through anything. Uh, we're going to have a lot of teachable moments, but then we're going to have some defining moments. And for me, my defining moment, I've had a couple of them. Two big ones, one being let go uh, when we were at George Mason. You know, I, I would love to really quick talk about all the unbelievable head coaches that I've worked for. Paul Hewitt at Georgia Tech and George Mason. CY, uh, Chelsea, we were talking about him, worked for him at Georgia Southern. Uh, Scott Perra at Rice, Dan Earl at VMI, Rob Lanier here at Georgia State, Vince Alexander at USCA, and all these guys. Uh, but back to my test. My test was at George Mason. We were let go. And that's when you're, you're tested as a coach in those situations. What do you really believe in? And so for me, that, that's what I go back to. That's one of my defining moments. Livia, you know, Heather was pregnant. Livia was about to be born. We didn't know where. I didn't have a job. We didn't know where we were going to be living. We had to trust that God was going to open it up, uh, you know, open up the next door and uh, take care of us. So that's something in coaching. I think our test is coming. It could be getting let go, but it could be countless other things, but just know that the moment of truth is coming and we got to prepare today for when that does. And then just in coaching for me as a college coach, something that, you know, you can take this, uh, I guess, in same analogy in whatever profession or whatever level of coaching. But for me, I like to play a, a little game and I played it when we got let go. Right now, I think there's 357 Division I coaching opportunities or 351 Division I schools. And so as a Christian, as a, as a Christian coach, I think we have to think about what do we stand for and who do we want to be affiliated with? And so my game that I played in my head was there's 357 jobs. As an assistant coach, who do you want to work for? Who do you want to surround yourself with? What job? or what administration do you want to align yourself with? And I just think you have to pick as you play that game of where you could possibly land in this division one world or in the division two world or the high school world, you have to think about who you are and what you want to stand for because we choose. And so back to the test is when that moment of truth comes, you can have this idea in your head of who you want to be but if you don't make the right decision in that moment of truth, it's all for nothing. Sixth thing that came to my mind was our circle. We have to have a circle. We all know we have it. We have our you know, people we lean on. We have our family. We have our close friends. We have our mentors. You know, I, I've heard a lot of people talking about a board of directors. I like that. Just people that you trust, that, that are similar in their beliefs, that you can bounce things off of. And so obviously my family uh, comes first. My wife, Heather, she's, she's the CEO. I'm not going to lie. She runs my house. I have no problem saying that. And I'm going to run and think about everything through her lens first. But even my mom and dad growing up, uh, my best friend, Nate, I mentioned, uh, all the guys that I've worked for or have gotten to know in coaching that I respect, that I know have similar values and beliefs, I lean on those guys. And, you know, I, as an aspiring uh, servant leader, I think you have to have a circle and you have to be intentional about your circle. And I'll take it one step further. We have to be that circle for somebody else. And, and I think, you know, this whole eight month, however long it's been, has allowed us to reconnect and connect with new people. And we just have to keep our circle tight with people that we know are like us. All right, two more. Our reminder, number seven, our reminder, and this is a warning because, and, and I'm talking to myself here, we love what we do. We're passionate about what we do, 
And when you're passionate, I think sometimes you can fall in, you can fall for the trick where you think life is about this. You think this is all there is to life. This coaching basketball thing is such a lifestyle and it's so consuming that the reminder has to be, don't fall for the trick. Don't let this be what we're about. And for me personally, a challenge as I continue to coach is a lot of the players that have played for us might know that, let's say if it comes up in conversation that Coach Kreider might be different in a way, you know, whether it's what he says, how he acts. But my challenge to myself to, to try to get better is, do they know why? And that's where being bold and that's where, you know, constantly praying and asking God's help in those situations when a door gets cracked where you can have a conversation with a player, let's say, or a coworker, or, you know, yeah, we're different, but here's why, here's what we believe, because there's, there's more to everything than just winning games and getting better and getting on the court and all that. Like the reminder is don't be consumed with this. Just remember the big picture. Two, a couple of things, real life examples of how I've been reminded of that. You know, in recruiting, you put so much time, we got to get this kid, we got to get this kid, we got to get this kid, and you get him, or got to get this kid, you got to get this kid, and you don't get him. And you put so much time, and you might neglect certain things during the process. And whether you get him or not, what do you have in the end? You got to win this game, got to get this ring, got to get this champ. In the end, what do you have? So you, we just have to, as coaches, we can't, we can't lose sight of what we're really about if we're trying to be servant leaders consumed by uh, living our, our life as coaches uh, with our faith at the forefront. And the last thing, our priority. And, and that's where for me, I'll kind of go back to, I guess my personal experience a little bit, but what is life all about? It can't all just be about these wins and it can't be about any accolades. It just can't, it has to be about more than that. And so for me, where I get, uh, this is one of my personal struggles is, you know, going back to growing up in Colombia, South America, you know, seeing what I saw, whether it's, you know, and back to, I guess what my parents did, you know, what they did in Colombia, they went to a part of, you know, the Amazon jungle basically, and work with a group of Indians that did not have a Bible in their own language and did not have a church there. And so they learned the language and they tried to go through the process of having the Bible translated and planning a church in that Indian indigenous language. And so when you see that as a kid and you know that today, somewhere in the world, multiple places in the world, there's people that live like that, that have never heard of, you know, the, the good news that we, that we live by, I think for us, here in the United States doing what getting a chance to coach and do what we love, we have to remember to hit that eternity question. You know, there's so many opportunities that pop up that because I've seen what I've seen with my, my eyes, my worldview is a little unique and I don't want to lose that. And so I know we all have our own worldviews. We've seen things and we, we have to use those worldviews on a daily basis to have reminders about this basketball thing is incredible. It opens doors and it, we, I know as a player, the people that I, the friendships I have are because of basketball mostly. The unique conversations that I've had that, that are closest to my heart are because of bas relationships from basketball. So as coaches, we have an awesome opportunity. And so the last point, our priority has to be don't forget about the eternity question because this whole life, this is, this thing's going to end, whether it goes to overtime or not is going to end. And, you know, those, those are eight things that popped out when thinking about servant leadership and trying to uh, look at it through the lens of a coach. Man. Oh man. <laughs> I wish you could see me as I'm on my third page of notes. I'll be okay. <laughs> You know how it's like you already know somebody's about to be like good. When you sent, you know, a sneak peek, like I was saying, y'all, I had, you know, upper hand on y'all, but I did not expect this. I'm going to tell you that. 
Um, there's so many things you pointed out, so many things you pointed out, but the biggest thing for me that summed all that up is exactly that last line you said, the eternity question. We can do all of these things. And I just remember and resounding in my ear that line of scripture that says, what profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? You know, if we sit here and we, like you said, try to, you know, utilize and, you know, give the example of our success as coaches and wins and losses, what's going to happen at the end of the day when those wins and losses to those souls we saved or those people we spoke about, you know, like you said, people recognize we're different, but when that door is open, do you continue with that? Do you show them why we're different? Man, that was big. That was huge for me. That's my, that's something that I'm trying to get better at, to be honest with you, Chelsea. That's my prayer. You know, I, I think that, you know, I say, I'm just, I guess, a little convicted even talking about it. You know, it's, it's 19 years of coaching. You just think about, you do the math, 19 times 15 on a roster. If I texted all those guys in a group text right now, all at the same time, I just would be curious. It's something I got to get better at. You know, I think we just have so many opportunities to share our faith, maybe not with words. You know, it can be how we act. But even that's not good. Like, I'm just saying, I got to get better with here's why. And it might be a seed. They might not be ready for that right now. Uh, it might be a seed for later. And I don't have all the answers. I'm not claiming to, but I, I know that's some way that I got to get better. And I think that's amazing. And I hope you don't mind me saying this portion. Um, I want to kind of show you guys how God works with that and opening those doors. So, you know, Coach Chris just shared with you all how we kind of connected uh, in a shared group called Embrace Us. And it was so funny that day, just to tell y'all how God works quickly. I was actually, uh, I'm on the East Coast. So when we meet, like I'm already like in my jammies. So so, so my, my camera ne is never on. And the question was basically asked of me, uh, pretty much like, what am I, what is my goal? You know, not just in the servant leader coaches Bible study, but just in general. And my answer was that I am working to normalize coaches and athletic leaders of faith. Because unfortunately, rather it be because of where we coach, our titles, whatever the case may be, sometimes people may feel that they can't, or sometimes they can't actually speak about their faith so freely. And I was so thankful because coach reached out to me. And that's how we kind of opened up this dialogue. And so I'm so thankful for you, even in this, because this is going to touch someone that needs to hear this. And as I tell people all the time that this is an uphill battle that we all are with, because, you know, it's not easy. It's not an easy road. It isn't. But one of the biggest things about it is athletics, coaching, all of these things. It is an avenue that people pay attention to. It is. It is the hugest part that people pay attention to. And so why not us? And so I'm thankful for you, brother. I really am, because this is amazing. Definitely. Um, a question that I do have for you, um, I told you once I let you go, I have some, and then of course I'll open it up to everyone else. You know, one of the things I love to ask, and I heard you say, starting from your mom, that regimen, um, but what are some of the things that when you get off, as I call to the left, there are some things in our lives that throw us off our, you know, our rocker sometimes. How do you get back? Is there a scripture that you can rely on? Is there a song that you, you go to? Can you kind of touch, you know, on, on those things that bring you back to balance? Yeah, the, you know, there's one verse and, and I've, you know, back to our daughter, Olivia. It's been amazing just how many little things, I think, just being a, a parent and a father. But Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, you know, this is something with her. I, I take her to school every morning, and I've tried to take advantage of that time to whether it's teaching her a verse here or there. And so trust in the Lord with all your heart. You know, lean, lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him, and he'll make your path straight. Uh, just hearing her say that, you know, is, you know, obviously scripture. Um, and I think listening to songs with her now, like I'm just stating the, the pattern that I'm trying to have with my daughter to train her up the way that my parents did, because I, another verse that just comes to my mind is uh, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he won't depart from it. You know, I just think looking back on my story, uh, or my journey, 
so much of what my parents did, I didn't realize at the time, uh, but now I do, and I'm trying to do a, the best I can, you know, with our daughter. But I think back to what you were saying, though, that's, I know, I talk about with our players, how coming up in this era for them, let's use the social media example, they have a lot of challenges that we didn't have. As coaches right now, we have a lot of challenges that I guess maybe coaches always had, but, but they're just different. And, and I just think when you feel yourself getting off, you've got you to fix it quick, like you were saying. And so if you have a routine every day, maybe there's less times that you're off, but it's going to happen. And I think the, the other part for me is I know who I can pick up the phone and call in this profession that are balancing recruiting, time management, Scout, uh, scouting, this, that, whatever, that are similar. So I think when you hear somebody that's going through similar things, say things, it just comes across different and helps you differently. So in addition to praying more, scripture, music, I would say, you know, reaching out to my circle. I think that's amazing. And I think the best thing that you said is that routine is huge. Because one of the things my grandparents used to always say is like, Baby, Christian life doesn't make things a walk in the park. If we're being honest, it kind of makes it harder, right? Because the enemy knows that we are seeking Christ and we're on that path. So they're going to do everything in their power to take us off. But that routine that you spoke about, if I have the routine, I at least know that I have something to go back to. So I think that was so huge that you said. And it just reminded me, you know, in the mornings, that's my same thing. Your mom... God bless her, because that's me. That's what I saw my mom and my grandparents do. And now it's almost like an, in, an internal clock that goes off in me that allows me. And if I don't have that, if I wake up late and I don't get to do that, I am off. Because that gives me my time where it's just me and God, where I can wake up, listen to my scripture, listen to my you know song of praise, watch and listen to my podcast, whatever the case may be. And my day just starts better, you know, that way. And so I totally agree with that. You know, the pandemic, and I say this, you know, in every call that we have, is one of the things that all of us experience, right? I say this all the time, I'm in Florida, so when hurricanes come and people check on me, they, they're not experiencing it, right? Um, and, you know, but this wasn't regional. This wasn't by race. This was not by socioeconomic status. This was everyone. Everyone was within this. Everyone experienced it. And so one of the things that I like to ask as coaches and as leaders, what has the pandemic taught you, if anything, or what have you, you know, started or learned over this time? Yeah, a lot, a lot. You know, in my, I guess, 40 years on this earth, I don't think I've ever learned more. It's crazy, you know, like, whether it's, you know, we tell our players they have no excuse for not getting in the gym, right? I mean, I'm on the, here at Georgia State, the third floor of the gym's up here, and I heard some balls bouncing, so that made me trigger the thought. But we, as as people now, like, you have no excuse between YouTube, podcasts, the internet, whatever. So uh, I guess for me, I've tried to take advantage of the time to get better at my craft, and I feel like I've tried to do that basketball-wise because we're coaches. What else have I really learned? I've learned from our players during this time that we need to listen more. I, I feel like as coaches, you listen, but we have to listen more, maybe do less talking. Uh, and we have to, I'll admit I need to get better in this. Hey, are you good? Yeah, I'm good. And you leave it at that. Like you have to ask follow-up questions and you, you can't just be like, yeah, okay, good, cool. That's no, you got to dig deeper as, as coaches, as adults, because I knew talking to our guys on FaceTime, which I've never FaceTimed so much in my life. But when you, you're FaceTiming a young man, let's say in New York during that time, and you know how you're struggling as a 40 year old, I mean, how much must they be struggling? So, you know, I just think, that was something that I learned, you know, tried to be reminded of. Um, but I, I think I've just tried to get better all across the board. The other thing, you know, I see, I think that I see the V there. I think that's coach black, but uh, 
so he's been talking about 1% better all the time and he's been working out. I think he's up to 4,565 days straight working out, but, uh, but I've been trying to work out and do that. And I've been trying to multitask with it, with it because as coach Huff knows, he's a head coach. Now he's got even less time. So you got to multitask. So while you're working out, which I didn't work out for years, which was ridiculous, but I've been trying to work out every day and use that time to listen to a podcast, uh, watch film, something productive during that time. I think that's awesome. I'm laughing because uh, my guy, I see just uh, put his camera on. Coach, Coach Black, did you have something for him, man? I was happy to see you too. Hey, y'all. Still want to say, man, how proud I am of Coach Crowder, man. That Doka, that Doka big time. And yeah, Coach, I'm on day 185 right now. There you go. You get me, you get me through this one, baby, man. I just want to tell you how proud I am of you, man. And keep the faith, man, and just keep going. Right back at you, Black. Get it in. I'm going to tell you, Coach Black is, and everybody I know will agree, is just that person, as soon as you talk to him, I don't care if it's just your worst day, if you feel like things just <laughs> go left, he's going to bring it back. But you're right, that 1% better, um, as he would say, my mama said when he came on, but that 1% better, um, it's amazing how things can sound so simple, right? Yet we have the hardest time with it. And he's so contagious, much like you and all of the other coaches that I've met. But that 1% better since we talked, I think now going on two months ago, that is something in my personal that I've been doing each day. It's something I've been working at, getting better, 1% each day to get better. And so same with you, being able to learn um, from each of you. And I think that's amazing. One of the key points that you pointed out, we all are guilty of this. We'll ask people how they're doing. I tell people this all the time. But as servant leaders, we have to be intentional, right? Um, you have to sometimes hear what people don't say. And that brings about another, um, you know, I guess say toolbox, uh, an arsenal thing that we should have as servant leaders is that discernment. And in order to do that, we have to hear what people don't say. And I think that was so huge when you say, we can't just leave it at, you okay? Okay, you're okay, I'm good. Hmm. No, because let's just be honest, just like you said, we're adults and we struggle within this pandemic. We struggle, period. So these young people with everything going on in this world so ever changing, we have to make sure that we really tap to the, the root of this, you know, talking to, cause you mentioned the Burton brothers and just what we see going on right now, mental health is real. And it is a thing that continuously, as I talk to coaches and as we lead young people that has to be brought about. And a question I do have for you, and I know I have some other male coaches on here as well, how big is that? And of course we coach X's and O's and we talk about recruiting all these things. Is that something that you begin to talk about within your programs, understanding that these young men that you recruit, they, they may not be from Georgia. They may not be from the U S all these things are going, you know, going on. Do, is that something that you target? And if so, what do you all do at Georgia state for your young men targeting mental health? Yeah, I think it, it, it's always been important, but now it's even more important. Um, you know, I know Kelsey's on here. Kelsey does an unbelievable job here at Georgia State of spearheading a lot of the stuff that we do with our student athletes. And, uh, you know, we have every resource imaginable here for them. And, you know, it, it just goes back to we have to remember when we were their age as players, um, you know, you have to know that you can really trust somebody before you open up. And, you know, a, as a player, you want to you can't just listen to a coach say, you can trust me. Now nah, you're watching them and it takes some time to, you know, we're going into year two here. So I've noticed that there's been some conversations that are different with our guys right now because we've been around them longer and they know us, we know them and you can dig deeper and it's not uncomfortable. Um, so I think I know coach Huff could speak to this, you know, other people on this call, but I think it's something that's always been important, but it's just magnified right now. I think that's awesome. And I think this is a great time too to kind of segue as well. Um, you know, Coach G's gonna smirk when I say this, whatever. Uh, but I can always go, but I want to make sure I'm always mindful. Any coach that has any comment or question or add two cents, anything you want to say to coach or just in general, uh, we're family here. Just unmute yourself and have at it. Coach, uh, 
obviously we go back long ways. Uh, when I took over St. Francis, didn't know you from anybody, you know, and somehow you figured out how to get my phone number and call me. And, and here we are years later. Um, I kind of wanted to talk about that faith aspect and, you know, obviously stepping out on faith and, and you know, believing and taking those steps to be a volunteer assistant. Uh, and even when, you know, you got let go at George Mason, what were some of those things that, that you relied upon in your faith when those things were going on? Yeah, those, I think it's all the same. You, you rely on, you know, kind of what we were talking about. You, you trust that God's got a plan and, you know, I would love, I wish I had your journey in front of me right now. I know you've had your timeline and, you know, but we've been knowing each other through different stops and now in my mind, I'm connecting all those years and it's like, yours is the same as mine in that you just always trust that God's opening the next door. You know, we can try to script this thing out, but it's not going to work, you know, and, and I think he's going to, he's going to show us where he wants us, wants you to be. Um, and I, I think what I've really tried to get better at is stepping back and just saying, you know what, coaching is my passion. My wife, Heather, is very supportive today. This is what God has for me today. But could that change? Maybe like really just putting it in God's hands. And I think the competitive side of us as coaches, you can get lost in this thing. Like you can just get totally consumed, getting the next job, winning the next game. And I just think I've, I've tried to always sit in a room and watch and observe and whether it's guys I've worked for or worked with, there are so many good coaches that don't have jobs. There are so many good coaches that never became a head coach. Uh, there are so many. So in my, what I'm trying to say is God's in control and we just try to take control too much. And so when I made the decision to go volunteer, I look back at my mindset and it, I don't, I don't know if my mindset was right, but I was chasing something that I thought was for me. And that was to get individual one coaching, but it wasn't anything I did. I'll tell you that. I remember like, for instance, that situation coach, you had never even really said, yes, you can have this job. Like it was so weird. Like I was walking by and working camp at Georgia tech and I was, I was trying to get a, a GA spot there at Georgia tech. And he ended up giving it to Anthony McHenry, a former player there who, deserve the job. And I just said, coach, Hey, I know you're giving the job to Anthony McHenry, but if, if you need a volunteer, I love to do it. I say that story story, just to say, this is like, he never even really answered. Like, so it, it's a God thing. Like for, for every step along the way, it's been a God thing for me. And I'm just choosing to recognize that he was just like, sounds good. And kept walking. And I just went to one of the assistants. I was like, I don't know. Yes, no. What do you think? He's like, just come on, man. And I kept showing up. And so I, I just, to answer your question in a nutshell, it has to, it has to always be about God. If we're really being real about being, having faith at the forefront of what we're doing, we can't think it's about anything that we're doing. That was so huge. Y'all are something else, and I'm going to tell you why. Because what I've learned, um, and I always try my best to give people their credit when I hear things, right? And, uh, you know, Huff's on here. He's another one that we shoot each other uh, podcasts and things to listen to. Um, but it was just saying, no, that's what it was. It was, uh <sighs> It left me. It escapes me at this moment. Um, but he was basically saying that when you're in the spirit realm, okay, he said, when you're in the spirit realm, that's what happens when we say, oh, I, I know I went through that too. Or Coach Huff had just said down here, I promise you, I just went through that here when I got to Voorhees, that you just asked that question. When you're in the spirit realm, when people come and they say things that you've been thinking about, when people answer questions, that you've been questioning for so long, when you speak about your journey and your testimony and you hear people say, oh my God, that touched me. You have no idea how long I've been battling. 
And I put it in a chat and response and I said, we're tapping into that spirit realm. And that's what it is. That's why I tell people all the time, your testimony is not for you. What you went through is not for you. And when you hold it to your chest, that's why working to normalize coaches of faith is huge because when we give our testimony, people are set free. And one of the biggest things that you said, you talked about trusting God along the way um, because it's a God thing, right? Um, I learned and in, in, in saw this morning, it was talking about the simple fact that sometimes God will take us through trials and it wasn't intended for us to be there that long. We just didn't learn the lesson because we tried to do it, as you said, on our script and our way. And God's like, this was never supposed to be that long. Y'all the ones won't learn the lesson. You know, that's how he talks to me because we cool like that. <laughs> um, but so as you were talking, that's exactly what I heard in what you were saying and how easy it is, easier, when we start to just let God lead and get in a place where we say, it's a God thing, y'all. My hands are off of this, right? And it takes me all the way back to the beginning when you talked about the journey. And it was the biggest thing that just hit me. And you said, in our journey, we have to look back because that's where God's fingertips are. And I just thought about footprints in the sand, right? And if we just trust him, he lays the foundation for us, right? He gives us that whole playbook, but we, we script it ourselves. So I thank you so much for that. That was amazing. I'm having revelations over here. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have anybody else? Right after waiting, here we go. Don't say something smart, Chess. I'm waiting on it. Not at all, bro. You got it. Chris, what's going on, man? What's up, Cole? You got it, man. Listen, um, like I always say, everybody's everybody's journey is different, man. But um, it's always good to hear everybody's transparency and, and be able to open up and talk about their their personal things because you never know who it might help. Like you say, it's not necessarily for you all the time. You never know who else it might help. A um, couple of things. Number one, I'm going to scroll back up here because I don't want to quote it, um, misquote it. I tried to, I don't type as fast as I talk, but you said sometimes you got to take a look back from time to time to see God's fingerprints in your life. And like Chelsea said, that was one of the first things that came to my mind was the footprints in the sand also. And I was just like, whoa, that's deep. So I had to hit that. And I know Huff popped up at the end he was like hey I was just dealing with that with my guys to bring me to my point um Chelsea I'm gonna bring this back full circle because the thing I shared this morning with Steve Harvey you know and a lot of people have said it but he was just the most recent to to, to quote it you know you got the year you were born you got the year you passed but nobody's going to talk about that they're going to talk about that dash you know, and that's what's going to put the butts in the seats at your funeral or might have it empty. And same thing with coaching that just popped up to me with that. Hey, man, no matter how many wins you got, no matter how many losses you got, you still got what? The dash in between that record. <laughs> and, hey, man, we could have won five championships. You could have never made it to the final four or whatever. But like you said, if I pick up the phone right now, Who's going to say, well, what's up, coach? How you doing? X, Y, Z, you need help with anything? And it makes a difference. Saying that to say, I went to went to go see some of my old players from the middle school that I coached at. They're in high school now. Went to go see them one day, and then I went to the high school to see a football game that later on this that, that week. A lot of guys off my first team tweeted something about it. Never said I love you in the in the in the tweet now. I just said, hey man, just letting you know I was here. Big crowd, whatever, whatever. You're not gonna see little old coach. Just wanna let you know I'm proud of you. Every one of them kids I tagged individually popped back up and said, Love you, Coach G. And I'm like, whoa. That means a whole lot more to me than y'all ever know. <laughs> and have I said that to them before? Absolutely. But to be able to get that started as a seventh grader. And now here you are halfway through high school. And it's like, hey man, that's my man, Coach G. If I need something, I can't talk to nobody else. I know I can call them. And I just take pride in being able to do that. So I think that's what you were kind of hitting on about uh, building those relationships and whatnot. But as always, I won't hold it up. Thanks for uh, coming on and thanks for doing your thing, man. Keep being great. Uh, thanks for sharing. 
I, you know, something actually came to mind uh, while you were talking. It's we tell our guys all the time, ball's going to stop bouncing, ball's going to stop bouncing, ball's going to stop bouncing. And then as coaches, we don't, we're very hypocritical at times with that. And yeah, it's, it's going to end, man. <laughs> and so we just have to, but here, here's the part. Uh, if you look around other Christian coaches that we know, and I think sometimes in the world's eyes, it comes across as weak, maybe, or not competitive, maybe. But I think you can be both. I think you can really try to win and try to help your guys be the best players they can be, or girls, sorry. Um, and do all that, keep the proper perspective. I just think you can do both. And I think tying it all back together with the servant leader is, in my mind, you don't have to pick and choose. Because if Jesus Christ is really the example of the true servant leader, and that's really who we're trying to be, and as coaches, that's what it's about, and there's really a bigger picture, there's more to life. If all this stuff is true, then both, you can do both. <laughs> so it's really comforting when you think about it. I like that, Coach. Do we have anybody else? Okay. Well, look, I always ask this question. I tell people this, and I want y'all to know that I literally am working on something where I string these together. And you mentioned it. Yes, we have hit eight months, going on nine months of this thing. Every day I think about that, I'm like, oh my goodness, that is so crazy, right? Um, but it, as you said, it's a God thing, right? So why should I be surprised? It's a God thing. Um, but I'm working on streamlining the longest definition that there is. Um, with many truisms of what servant leadership is. You know, oftentimes we hear those words. We hear them thrown around, Google it, right? You're going to find multiple books. You're going to find all of these different things, people talking about them. But we really try to get to, to the heart of what that means, right? Because I tell people servant leadership is an action word. Now people say love is an action word, right? Servant leadership is an action word. And every day that we have amazing speakers like yourself come on, the biggest thing I want to know is what does servant leadership, we have all these eight amazing uh, things that you have given us, these golden nuggets, but if you were to tell somebody what servant leadership looked like in your eyes, what would you tell them? Yeah, other than just using, you know, I just briefly mentioned, because I, I think Jesus was on this earth, he was the ultimate example of that. But I guess when I think of it, I think of humility. That's just the one word, you know, you can make it longer. You can make it actually, you can't make it shorter. One word, humility that, but that's what it is to me, because if you're humble, that means you're thinking of others. You're trying to help them be the best version of themselves. You're never putting yourself above others. You're always thinking of other, you know, so that's what it is to me. And I, I think it's coaching to me. So co it, as a player, how can you not, how, how can you play the game the right way and not be humble? You really can't. And how can you be a good coach and not be humble? You, you really can't. And, it, and it, to me, under this definition of a servant leader, I just think humility is the number one thing. I agree with you. And I think it's amazing. I feel that sometimes we work, and I tell people all the time, we work to try to give these grandioso ideas and dress it up, right, for public display and view, right? But the word tells us, right, that I'm doing this for God. That's it, right? And so if I'm humble, right, I'm doing this for people to see his good works and glorify him in heaven has nothing to do with me. And the true signs of servant leaders are those that are humble because they recognize who it's for. They recognize that this is temporary, right? I always tell people all the time, we fix this line of scripture. One of my favorites, I said this actually as my first speech as Miss Livingstone College um, in 2008, I said, we fix our eyes on what is unseen because the seen is temporary. The unseen is eternal. And every day as servant leaders, that's how we should live our lives. That's how I live my life. I live it humbly and understanding that the real glory comes down to that eternity question that you talked about. I don't want to hear, I know you not. I want to hear servant, well done. Right. And that right there, my friend, is why you've given the perfect definition, right? 
That right there is like, give us the benediction, slide the plate. <laughs> <laughs> well, Coach, I want to thank you so much just for being here today. I mean, I knew when you gave me a sneak peek of what you'd be talking about, that this was going to be an amazing conversation. Um, you know, I laugh, I joke, I have a good time. But I think the biggest thing, especially in this world that we're living in today, is just the reality is it's very rare that you meet people who are real, who truly walk what they talk, but have a humble heart, as you talked about. And you, my friend, are a true definitions of a servant leader. So I just personally thank you for being here today and just sharing your story, being transparent, because in that transparency, that's how we grow. In that transparency, that's where we see God. The word tells us the joy of the Lord is our strength, right? And so when we're weak, he gives us that strength. When we're transparent, that's where others see the strength in him. So I thank you so much for sharing today. I thank you for being here today and humbling yourself to give us these nuggets. And I'm just going to give you an opportunity to close us out with anything encouraging that you want to say. And if you don't mind, would you mind giving us a prayer to close out? Yeah, for sure. No, I, I want to put it back on you, though, real quick. I, I think uh, I'm just going to say my closing remark would be it's obvious that you're passionate about what you're doing with this. You know, you're, you said time, because I know you're referring to my time, but your time, you're putting this in for, you know, all the time that you're putting in preparing for these. And I just think, you know, it's just been awesome. I know I've learned a lot. We're all learning. And uh, you're just doing a lot for a lot of people that, you know, you, uh, you're not getting a lot of credit for. And I just want to say thank you um, on behalf of all of us, you know, that you've had on. And I'll go ahead and close it, but I just want to say thanks again for all you do. Thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time tonight uh, to gather together as coaches, uh, trying to do the best that we can to be like you. And I pray that you would help us in each of our journeys, wherever we're at, in our continuum of coaching, of life, um, that we would just continue to seek your will for our lives. And above all else, uh, seek to honor you with the positions that we have. Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for our sins. Thank you for all that you've done uh, for us. And uh, we love you. And thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You caught me off guard. Everyone knows that when you do that spotlight, it throws me for a loop. <laughs> I mean it. I mean but, it. And I truly do appreciate that. You know, as much as you say that you learn um, and everyone learns, trust me, so do I. It's more than a blessing to be able to learn from you all, but to grow this whole, my family of servant leadership um, out like this in the past eight months, I was talking to coach Kendra, who's on here and I told her, and I'm going to do this when we hang up, actually, I'm going to count it up because we are slowly, well, actually quickly approaching a hundred, a hundred servant leaders who have come on. And that is a God thing. as you awesome. So thank you so much for that. I am humbled and thankful by it. Um, I appreciate everyone for listening. And as I tell anyone, if there's anything that I can ever do for you all, uh, just reach out and we got you. So thank you so much, Coach.